Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Foy and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Hey, welcome to uh, another episode of This Life. Bob, welcome. How you doing, buddy? Good afternoon. Good evening. It's a weird, uh, emotional sort of time to be meeting. I didn't for- cry, but I watched Scott videos all night on YouTube and blamed You put some up on Facebook last night, I noticed. Yeah. yeah. So sad. So, I saw him like two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, I have a code with all my clients, everybody that knows me, thousands of people. When I look in your eyes, if I bump into you, and I look in your eyes and I say, you all right? That means to say- You're not all right. That means I know you're not all right. And he said, uh, no, I'm cool, why? Yeah. And that's, the, that's the, the answer to the death march. So many people have told me weeks or months before, no, I'm cool, why? That's always the answer, why? Because there was somebody else, <laughs> yeah. There's somebody else because they want to know how, why am I not covering this good enough? What, <laughs> right, you know how addicts think, right? Right. How, what are you picking up on? Yeah, I, I need to cover this better. And if Scott, you, Scott's thing is his he had an eating disorder too. I so know. He well, now can so we really can, thin. Well, hold on now. Can we really talk about this? Because you and I have been involved with him for a long time. Not recently. I've not been involved with him, but uh, I just care about his kids. I mean, his his wife and I have pretty been through the wars for twenty years with him. Um, what's sad is Michael, his brother, um, died a few years ago. That's when I really started worrying about Scott. Yeah. And then he kind of, he's kind of just, that's, let's, there's so many things to talk about when you talk about Scott Weiland, the, the advent of Suboxone, the advent of specialized treatment for celebrities, the, uh, the sober coaches the and sober companions. coaches he is the textbook of all that's gone wrong yeah. in american um, addiction medical treatment. addiction treatment yep. mm-hmm. and so you know and there and the other there's another it's like a three-headed beast of of the celebrities who got the, who created the new malibu kind of stuff right Paradigm, yeah. one is robert robert Downey. sober yep well, right. he got out of it he in got, a weird way. Yeah, he got out of it, but he, he obviously turned his life around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, but he, he went got, through all that kind of specialized treatment. Yeah, and then and he just went ended to Ended up a cry help, I think. Yeah, well, he's a piece of it, yeah. Yeah, but, but the other component, the other person is still not sober. I dealt with him like six months ago. The other I'm person. I'm not going to name that person. but One we've treated, one we're scared about? No, I've I've dealt with personally. So it was that advent of the mid-90s nouveau sobriety Bob Timmons world that now we're 20 years... I'm not going to blame that on Bob Timmons. Let's just say Malibu. (laughs) Malibu cure. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I was on tour with Scott. I can talk about it like 
I was on tour with Scott, and he had a sober companion. Uh, that when he had that, I knew we were in trouble. Yeah. Well, let me tell you how I know it went. There ain't no sober companion that can withstand a Scott Weiland. Well, yeah, the probably guys, he ended up using with him, right? That's when I. It's the first sober companion I ever saw. And once yeah. he started using again, I was looking at the guy like, and he looked at me and said, "What the fuck am I supposed to do?" Exactly. <laughs> I, I remember those kinds of companions. <laughs> like the whole sober companion thing is so ridiculous. Like, what is the person doing? Yeah. It didn't work with John Belushi, who I think was the original. Is that right? He had a sober companion. Yeah, he had big guys that that famous manager hired to keep him away from drugs. Wow. What was the, yeah. I don't know if that's really interesting. It's I in know the that. Wired book. Wow, crazy. And I saw him with those big guys. Huh. And I think big guys beating up drug dealers and pulling drugs out of your hand is better than sober companions. <laughs> so, I, I sort of agree. Although, although there are now good sober companions, but you don't know who they are. You know what I mean? They're hard to find. Well, I only was going to do it one time. I was so against it. And, you know, that's ridiculous. What are you supposed to do? Keep people from themselves and stuff. But then, you know, I'm a human being. So Buddy Arnold calls me and goes, there's a sober companion gig I think you might want. And I was like, I don't do that kind of shit. And he's like, why don't you hear who it is first? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like... Well, who is it? And he goes, Leonard Skinner. Oh. And I love Leonard Skinner. He, Buddy knew it. Buddy knew all kinds of music, yeah. right? He knew that that's one of my three favorite bands of all times. Yeah. And I said, okay, okay, I'll <laughs> talk to them. Did you <laughs> so do I it? Go, no, wait, Would listen, you have been on a plane? Listen how crazy it is. I go to meet him at Buddy's office, right? The yeah. manager of Leonard Skinner and the guy who's now so sadly passed away. Um Sober. And I walk in. Sober, right? No, no. This is before this, that. This is what? We had another guy that was died sober, like lung cancer or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was a guy that didn't make it. So I walk in, Buddy's office. You've been there. Mm-hmm. It's the manager of Leonard Skinner, the guy, and then I walk in. And, and the manager goes, oh, no, this ain't going to work <laughs> at all. The hell is this? And I was like, excuse me? And he goes... No, we need a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take the job? You didn't do it. No, they didn't want me because yeah. I'm too small. A- and th- would you have been on the airplane that went down? No, this is after that. Okay. Right. This guy survived the airplane crash that but guy. didn't yeah. survive addiction. Right, that guy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, you know, Scott's just so sad. The, the only thing I remember about Scott, aside from some of the most difficult work ever, he was tough. Yeah, uh, he's the reason that we actually have a that the day that I came to Los Encinas when you said, "Oh my God," because we, uh, we, we had been talking about it for months, was I was going there to visit him. Oh, really? And I didn't know that. Somehow your evening outpatient counselor had disappeared or something. Yeah, another mess. <laughs> so uh, I will tell you that uh, when he was sober, which he was for a period of time. Yeah, he was for. A lot in the 90s. That's when I knew him. When people thought he wasn't sober, he was. That's when I knew him. And he could not be a sweeter guy. No, he's so gentle and sweet. He was like a little brother to me, like a little brother that you don't want to hang around. But (laughs) but, but I spent a year and a month touring with them. The Bicycle Thief opened for Stone Temple Pilots. And it was an interesting ride. I bet. Because, you know... He so wanted love and approval. That's what's so, that's an addict. 
Right, but that's a human too, right? Yeah. And uh, addicts are just extra tender that way. Yeah. And then they have the trauma and all that stuff getting in the way of it. Right. But think about this. Think about a dad who both, he had two sons, both of them are dead of drugs. Oh, is he an alcoholic or anything? Does his genes? No, he's like a normal guy, kind of guarded. So sad. But just, ah. Well, again, I just step back and go, well, if he'd had cancer or anything else, as a physician, I would look at it like, okay, well, he did pretty well with it, you know, 20 years and. I mean, I, I'm, it's weirdly objective, I, I get. I really, not even philosophical, just like clinical. Just like, all right, 20 years, not bad. You know, I, I didn't give him four <laughs> back in 1995. And by the way, and, and this disease only takes the greatest, right? But it, well, that's the thing that there's been a lot of talk on the internet about who's a great singer and what do you think of this and all. It's weird. The internet is its own weird community board. So now it's like looking at grunge, who are the greatest singers, though the day before he, when he died, people, you know, didn't respect him. Oh. He dies and he's the greatest grunge singer Listen, of all people time. People forget what Michael Jackson was like the day before he died. <laughs> it was wacko Jacko the day before he died. I know. So and then all of a so sudden that. So but and still people don't understand that was addiction. They don't they don't understand it. But what's fascinating about STP is those songs stand up. I don't even think Nirvana songs stand up the way STP songs do. They had a meaning, Nirvana, but when you just listen to that time with the word in hand, the melodies of those STP songs are pretty Who wrote powerful. Scott Redham? Robert, the bass player, and Scott. Did you Have you talked to, uh, I'm blanking everybody's names, uh, the guitarist? Dean. Well, Khalil's really close friends who's going to call in today okay. with Dean, and we'll check in on them, and... And Khalil, his first job sober 15 years ago before he became a health food guru was Sober Companion. Oh, let's talk to him about that. Yes, That'd be interesting. very much so. All right, before you go out to Khalil, maybe we want to talk about this after Khalil, but uh, we had a mass shooting here. I know. Uh, and it ain't going to be the last time this kind of bullshit happens. Well, I think you can f- wave your independent flag. If you think the government is keeping you safe from terrorism for these billions and trillions of dollars and all this irritation at airports. You're crazy. That woman proclaimed her her dedication to ISIS on Facebook in San Bernardino, California. Yeah. And nobody even watched her. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, there was probably a thousand or two thousand Facebook people who were thinking, I hope somebody's going over to her house. Well, I, not only that, <laughs> I, I I am very angry with the current, uh, particularly the attorney general, who on the day of the shooting said, my greatest current turn is that people backlash against Muslims. Not your safety, not crushing ISIS. The greatest concern I have is that people's feelings get hurt. Is people's get a backlash feelings and get feelings get hurt. hurt. That's my concern. And then the then the director of the FBI gets on and goes, well, this wasn't a cell. That's scarier to me. That's not reassuring. The fact that it's a cell, you can dig the roots out. These are, You can't do anything about this, particularly if you guys aren't watching properly. So stop it with their, it they wasn't a but cell. But you know how the government always says they're, they're using deep underground, nowhere, you, you can't find the them on web, the internet. The dark web. Yeah. It, they were on Facebook. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. How deep is that? I don't know. I don't know a lot about the internet. I'm kind of <laughs> technically retarded, but I know how to get on. Uh, don't Facebook. use that word, PC. Pr- <laughs> I'm the PC principal here. Well, so so 
the the strange thing how about this yeah how about the competency of government san bernardino they got there within four minutes police right yeah. but the but the culprits got away right so they put all public buildings in san bernardino county on lockdown right kids in joshua tree california a yeah. hundred miles away had to stay at school until five o'clock and then their parents of five and seven and nine-year-old children had to be explained to why mommy couldn't get, come and get them. Mm. That's your government. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a very effective response. <laughs> but I think they thought, though, to be, to be fair. That they're going somewhere and going to do more. Well, they thought disgruntled employee. I mean, it kind of looked like that. I, I was actually broadcasting on KBC when, when this happened, so I was reporting it. Yeah. And we were trying to make sense of it, uh, as I try always to do. And my first impulse was... Uh, First, I, I had the, the, the shameful response of, well, here we go again. People with mental illness that aren't being properly you know, managed and getting their hands on guns and no one can t speak up about it and they have the right to guns and, and we got to do something about this. That was my first response. Mm -hmm. Wrong. Second response was, because remember it was, in, it was in a facility that dealt with people with mental illness and uh, sort of uh, yeah. neuro neurodevelopmental disorders and stuff. I thought another Sandy Hook. Wrong. Then we thought, oh, it's a group of employees gather, a gathering. Somebody gets angry. Oh, this is a disgruntled employee. So this is a post office. Somebody went post office. That's you know the I mean? first thing yeah. I thought. Yeah, but then, I, then, but then, you're then you start hearing body armor, black combat mask. gear. No, I heard two, black right, mask. Two or three people. It's like, whoa, that's not post. Wait a minute. What is ISIS's flag? Black mask. Yeah. Black. When I heard black, I was like, "That's ISIS." The right. whatever. And that, and that's what it was. And then, the, in the first press conference, the direct, the assistant director of the FBI locally here said, "We have reason to believe this this terrorist links." And then nobody would report that. Nobody would report it. That made me furious. Because the FBI is not saying that unless there's very good evidence that, yeah. that that's the case. And it's still you read the papers, and the headline is "No cell, no cell involved." Not this is a new form of terrorism. We need to figure out how to deal with this. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but you know. How's the airport? We have people sitting here been flying recently. The airport's tough. There's tough. cops yeah. all over Hollywood. I was driving yeah. around last night. Police everywhere. I know. Last Listen, night. I tried to go to radio the the night of, and there were people with the rollers going every all over the place, going at high speeds. Well, I was nervous because I think I have a warrant out for my arrest uh, for texting. What? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me, you <laughs> asshole? What is, no, because I'm not going to come bail you wait, out. I got to no, let the consequences come No, I come got the bear. money. I got the money. So I, my mailing address, because of because it's cheaper car insurance, is the Joshua Tree House, and I thought you, I paid this ticket. You fucking <laughs> cannot resist being antisocial. You have to take an antisocial stand. And have well, I thought it was unfair. Or you're not Yes, I, I'm sure there was a. There was really a whole feeling texting. attached to it. I really wasn't texting. So I'm going to. I'm going to make my antisocial stand <laughs> and get arrested. $862. You. <laughs> that was the original. The no, no. That's like, what it is it's now. It's like 180 now. Yeah, it's a warrant. That feel? Now it's a warrant. Dude. Oh, I'm so disappointed. But I'm not, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but I thought I paid it because I had another one. I get them quite often. But you text when you drive. I, I really don't like doing that. I try not to. I'll, that's I, that's I, the, yeah, that was avoidant answer. No, no, it's not. Because <laughs> I get, I get angry at people that like, they. you know how I'm, a, I'm OCD, so I have to respond to everybody when yeah, they yeah. get to to me. And I get these texts. I'm like, you know, everyone who texts me knows I'm driving, knows I'm on the free because my schedule every day is, you know. Yeah. And, and it's like, uh, it. So I'm just like, I'll just give one word or two word answers. <laughs> but still, I'm pissed. So tell the policeman when he pulls you no, over. No, no, I will have. you only sent one word. No, 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 no. When, if the cop pulls me over and says, what's your excuse? I will say, I have none. 
I have no excuse. Oh, I have this no is not excuse. okay. This is not good with me. I'm pissed. I did Okay, it. here comes I, my antisocial. I don't agree with the law. Oh, geez, <laughs> you're such an asshole. So, so, so you can't, where does that come from in you? Where? Come, I think my dad had a little bit of it. Is it, do you think it's like in your makeup, genetic makeup? Or do you think it's from all the bullshit you did with as a kid? I think my, I think all of my, my dad's side of the family kind of antisocial. I mean, isn't yeah, there is a genetic piece to it. Isn't Goldwater Republicanism kind of antisocial? I, I, that well, that's why I'm asking you. See, because that's people don't know the difference between what a real Republican is, what <laughs> I grew up as, and this new weird I know. Republican. I know. Well, how about it, the Abraham Lincoln Republican versus what we're, what we're looking at now? <laughs> but I grew up in a in a family that always questioned the government. And it's switched now to Democrats always question the government. Yeah. Well, no, the Republicans... Everybody never, always questions the government. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so much... Stay out of my business. That's what sh Goldwater sh Republicanism was. It still is. Well, that's more like libertarian now. Stay out of my business, shrink down, but protect me. <laughs> and where were you? And why weren't you there when I needed you? It's that kind of thing. It's a weird double-edged sword. But, so, so there was a lot of, of anti... Social. But what is the feeling with it? What, why, why do you have to do that? It's so inconvenient. What? what? Being oh, the thing? Yeah, letting that, letting that feeling command your behavior to the point where you have these ridiculous consequences. And I think it feels good to you to have these crazy consequences. It gets even, now you want to get even weirder about Yes, I do. So a lot of times when I get pulled over, they say, Dr. Drew. Oh. <laughs> so I know you never get tickets. <laughs> Because that's that's a Los Angeles thing. Only right, Los Angeles okay, so know that. So so let's let's flip, let's flip <laughs> so I'm hoping wait, wait, if I get wait. pulled over and I have an eight hundred dollar texting warrant, they'll go, oh, Doctor Drew, and okay, let me okay, slide. Bob, Bob <laughs> when they say that, what do you feel? I trick the system. What do you feel? I feel What's I the feeling. The I understand you. It's a junkie a move. What's the feeling though? Good. When I get that, I feel horrible. <laughs> Horrible. I feel. I don't feel guilt very Have often. Have they let you go because your doctor drew from a ticket? Yes, and I hate it. And I, and I hate it. And I I don't like it. I I I. And by the way, behave much better because of that for a much longer period of time than if they ticketed me. Because I'm so guilty. I'm you like, oh bad. shit! I shouldn't get Why this break. Why do you break. feel guilty? So we are feel guilty because I was speeding. <laughs> And I, and I have no excuse. <laughs> Let me tell a great story about Flea. We're going up PCH. You just got this Porsche. She's going 160. Oh. We get pulled over right by that Ventura, like that, where you're getting into Ventura, right on PCH yeah. at the top. The hill, the hill. Yeah. And he gets pulled over and he's like, shit, shit, shit. I don't, I don't think I have it. I think my license is suspended. Oh, shit. And I'm like, oh my God. The guy walks up and goes, is that who I think it is? And he goes, if you think it's Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, it is. And the, and the, guy's, the guy let us go. That's ridiculous. <laughs> See, I get mad at that because I, I, I feel like the law should be applied evenly to everybody. You know what I mean? I should not I get do because of that. That, that. I don't like that. I don't, I don't dig e it. And, everybody and, but, but I, evenly but me. Yeah, well, that's why I'm curious about this. This is, this is, this is the distinction, you know, OCD, me yeah. versus antisocial, yeah. you. You feel great and good and you've, you've gamed it. I feel shitty and horrible and guilty and like, <laughs> you know, it's like awful. You know, when I drive away from one of those, it's happened to me probably in my life a half a dozen times that somebody let me go for one reason or another. Yeah. 
God, I feel terrible. I just feel so bad. Let's talk about getting away. One time I had Sinead O'Connor's Jeep for some reason. Don't ask. She's in real trouble, too. Should right now? We yeah, we uh -oh. should check in. Like, it's crazy what's going on with her. She wrote an open letter to her son disowning him. He's 11. Well, she was going to... She was. Gonna, she was going to kill herself. Yeah, now she, she seems psychotic. Yeah, she's having trouble. So, I had is, her is jeep. This psych or is this? Uh, yeah, it's like. Oh, poor thing. I, I uh, had her jeep, and I was, copying drugs downtown, and this is when. This is in the late eighties, yeah. and so I'm. You had so her I'm, jeep. I had her jeep. It's a long story. She lived here, and I had the same manager, right, and right, then right, she anyway, left, and I ended. No good stories. I found the keys in a drawer. All right. You know, so you I'm driving jeep. it. You stole the jeep. <laughs> I got it. This Mr. Antisocial. Anyways, I was just borrowing it and no one was yeah, using yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I'm down there and I've already been to rehab a couple of times. So it's like two or three in the morning I get pulled over. I got balloons in my mouth. The guy goes to registration and I go, and I had an AA big book on the front seat and he goes, what are, you, what are you doing down here? I had a driver's license, had the registration. I said, this is my girlfriend's car. I don't know where the insurance is. Did people know who Sinead O'Connor was then? Oh, God, yeah. when, That's when she was nothing big. compares to you. Was, yeah, yeah. So he says, well, is this the Sinead O'Connor? And I was like, oh, yeah. And he goes, uh, what are you doing down here? And I go, well, sir, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I'm... A sponsee of mine oh. is on the loose down here. Uh. I came down here. I know it's wrong. I know it's a dangerous neighborhood. <laughs> uh. How are you keeping the balloon from from sort of? You just push it into the side, down back. <laughs> you only only swallow if you get arrested. Okay. So you're prepared to swallow. You're prepared to, but you you don't want to lose it, right? You don't want to lose yeah. it if you're gonna get away. Oh my god. Anyway, so why this it's is such why, a cumbersome way to live, Bob? I know. I, I, I don't mean, live like the, that anymore. I just live in the kind of a little bit like seventy-five percent right way. <laughs> so, did you make it ninety-five? I'd be much happier. <laughs> I really would. <laughs> There's God. so many laws, Drew. I know that is that does make me angry because when you want when you are wanting to be a law-abiding citizen, it, you can't even keep track of it. You know, the, here's an interesting the bureaucracy, and that drives everyone nuts, right? So there's this big flood at my house and hills, and so the trash cans get all washed down all the way down to Beachwood, and everybody's trying to figure out which trash Beachwood. cans are theirs. This was when? This is like about six months ago. Where do you live up there? I live off Graciosa. Where, where is, whose house is that? It's mine, my sober living. I moved into oh, it. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Got right. It. So, so we're all trying to sort out which trash cans, and they're not markers. They don't have names on most of them. Yeah. And so I ended up losing my green one. Mm. Try to get the oh, government to give you back your green trash you can without it. having to pay for oh, it. Oh, no, impossible. I said, Listen, I already am paying for it. It's just not here. Bob, <laughs> and Corolla, Corolla goes over this over and over again, which is the government, the only thing the government is good at is when you owe them money. Then they're very good. Oh yeah, but if they owe you money, you'll never get it. Impossible. I'm efficient about that. But uh, listen, uh, it, you you seem never to get out of Beachwood Canyon. I've been back there. I live four doors away from where I lived when I was 20 years old. Okay, and is that the house you burned down? No. Which one is that? You want to tell the story? Of which you and uh, John or Flea or something? Oh, that was in Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. And I thought we were we were collecting Tom Sizemore. You showed me. You said that's the house I burned down. Yeah, that was Isn't that, that was Canyon? behind the comedy store. Oh, we were up there. I, yeah. I thought we were in Beachwood. Okay. No, Beachwood Beachwood's where we all live. You know what it was, and we talk about it. When we were kids, we would go to Hollywood Boulevard, right? 
yeah. 17, 18, 19. Yeah. And you'd look at the Hollywood sign and you thought, if I ever make it, I'm going to live up there. Yeah. Well, up there is Beechwood Canyon. Yeah. It is kind of ghetto, though. Like no, a, it's been all redeveloped. Though. Well, not my house. <laughs> it's very nice. I, I would love to live up there. It's nice. You know whose house I lease is Rolanda Watts. No way. Yeah, I, she's my landlord. What the f- how weird is that? It's the smallest world in the world. Rolanda, you can see on my HLM program regular. I love I know. her. She's and, the greatest. And, and she, you, you lease it for your sober living? Yeah. Well, I had it as a sober living, and then when I got a divorce, I had to move somewhere, and I moved into half of it. And, oh, my And so God. I live in half, and the kids live in half. Oh, what a great deal for her. Yeah. Oh, that's But, I mean, true. it's an 80s house. It's not like it's a modern, you know, like yeah. what you th- the fixed-up houses. Right. So tell us the story about you burning the house down. So, well, it wasn't me that burned it down. It was John. Bob, but, here you go. You're doing social stuff. So wasn't me. Wasn't me, man. Wasn't me. But when I was driving up the street and saw all the fire trucks, I knew what house it was at. <laughs> so, so John. John Frusciante. He's a little. Pepper. I had left him alone for two days, which isn't good. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you were using two at the time, right? Yeah, but I was in charge of making sure he didn't burn the house down and I went to a they girl's gave house. You, they did not give you that responsibility. Well, it was kind of... They just uh, abandoned both you two and then you took that responsibility. Yeah, well, yeah. but then Martine took it after no, me. because people were fleeing both you guys. Oh, yeah, nobody wanted... The, the healthy people didn't, but amongst us unhealthy, Gibby, you know, Perry, were just like, you're going to keep an eye on John, right? And I was like, okay, I no, will. Yeah, yeah. That, that's... <laughs> That is the that is the drug addict union going. You're out. We're moving on. Well, they would come by for sure, but they why to do drugs? That's right. So there <laughs> you go. Nobody wanted to be there permanently, and I had no place to go. Where is Kibbe now? Texas or something? No, he lives in New York. And, He's a great and Perry's dad and Perry's out here, right? Perry's here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, that was an interesting intervention. A bunch of people d- who are all drug addicts themselves doing an intervention on John one night using me, Gibby, Perry. Uh, Peter Stefano, the guitar player from Pornos. Pornos for Pirates. Yeah. We did an intervention on John while we were smoking crack with him. <laughs> <laughs> so that should tell you something. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, it, it, the house had to be burned down because it was too filled with ghosts. That's the. That was what John thought? Yeah. So we actually lit it intentionally on fire. Yeah. To get the ghosts out. And then I came walking up and he goes, Oh my God, you're alive. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I thought you were in there. So he set the house on fire. Still thinking you were in there. Thinking that I might be in there. (laughs) But the ghosts had to be chased away. Do you you wonder now, Bob, why I told everybody we can't be around you anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Do you you have have any feelings about that? We were standing there and the arson people were talking and whatever. And we stood there for about an hour and then... It was obvious that we could go, and I said, where do you want to go? And he goes, let's go to the Chateau. We just went to the Chateau. Chateau Marmont. Oh, the party continued. See, and that's not what kids are doing now. They're not, it's not. They're not having fun like you guys. (laughs) It's not interesting. It's not interesting. It's not worth, it's so pedestrian, the use of young people. Well, it's, it's. Listless. I have two 20 year old kids living in my house. Rudderless. They've been to a million rehabs already. They're 20. Yeah. Like, what is going I, on? I like what you always say when you try to ask them to, you know, inspire what it is they want to do and live for so they can get sober. And what do they say? They don't know. They say, I don't know. What do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> Which they is the weirdest know. thing of all. And, you know, no passion about things. And I think it's that, you know, there's a lot of different arguments as to how we got this generation of of kids but 
kids have been rite of passage taking drugs for four ge- four generations, three generations. Yeah. Why is it that this one is non-functional and in rehab for life? I'm talking about rehab for life. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite moments of Lost and Seen was, so we're all worried about alcohol withdrawal seizures mm-hmm. and, and benzo withdrawal seizures, mm-hmm. which I never saw one, but so, so this woman had a seizure on the patio there mm-hmm. off of Sasha's office mm-hmm. and Barry was walking by. Barry, my partner. Yeah. And uh, I was down on the ground with her and he just stood over and he said, doing all right, doing good. Okay. Yeah, that's and it. And then she sat up, and he just walked through his car. Oh, for, no, for an alcohol, <laughs> call, you, that's all you got to do. People get all excited about it, but for <laughs> no, no, we had a lot of those. If you she remember, came they, they used to happen in the treatment room a lot too. Yeah, so. this is just me and her on the patio. Yeah. Well, the the, like, the big risk is that they fall and hit their head. That's what drove us crazy. But but alcohol withdrawal seizures don't usually there aren't they they sort of collapse slowly into them yeah, often yeah. if you noticed. And, and you can tell there. I could tell she was. You could tell it's happening, coming, yeah. and then I said that's right. It again. It's not. It's not like a uh, you know a, a, like a brain tumor seizure where they just <laughs> they just boom over and it can break their skull and stuff. Yeah, it's a little bit. It can be that way, but fortunately, t- not typically. Anyway, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back up to this. Ladies and gentlemen, where am I appearing? Nate, the man, origami, origami vinyl. December 12th. December 12th. Vinyl. Fantastic. I'm going to be there. Check it out. You know what's so great about coming to see me trying to promote a record? You can ask me about your children who are on drugs. You get a little consult at the same time. Yeah, and also free. you can get the record at drdrew.com at thislifepodcast.com. Thislifepodcast.com. And the name of the album? It's called Survival Songs. Check it's it out. about surviving. So let's uh, let's bring Khalil in here. Let's yeah, he's he knew Scott. He knows. Do you want to? I want to click on his uh, Skype there. Hey, Khalil, we, we met yes. way back, right? Way back, yeah. He had he had sores on his face. That's a lot of vibrations. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you, do you like that I lead with that, Khalil? So let me just yeah, thank if, you. If yeah, I, thank if, you for thank you for saying that. Yeah, I had I had scabs all over my and face. Khalil, and Khalil, and what I would say, I, hang on, and what I would say if I walked in the room and saw that, I would just go, "How much math are you doing?" It was coke, <laughs> crack. I, and if he said that, I would go. I, if he said that to me, I would go, your dealer's screwing you over. He's putting a bunch of meth in there. <laughs> I, I, Khalil, <laughs> was there meth in your crack? You know, I don't. I don't know what I was breaking it down with lemon juice and apple cider vinegar, and I was and I was and I was shooting it. Oh, let's oh. teach the kids how Mama. to do it. Oh, Mama, great. I'm so glad you're alive. <laughs> well, thank you. And then and then, uh, Doctor Drew, I I accosted you recently at the Hard Rock Cafe. I ran up to you and I said, "Oh my God, you help me! You help me!" And I'm not quite sure. That was about uh, maybe six or eight months ago. You might have been there for one of the UFC fights. Hard Rock Cafe, hold on. Yeah, all you guys are fans of this UFC stuff. A little bit. Well, because Mike Catherwood, who I do a love line with, is so into it. Wait, wait, Khalil, Khalil, wait a minute. I don't go to Hard Rock Cafe almost ever. For UFC? Was it maybe that, was it that that sports bar on Melrose? No, you were at the Hard Rock Cafe in Vegas. Okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Well, you should have said who you were. Bob's talked about you forever. Yeah. You know what you are, Khalil? You're the smoothie guy, the genius of smoothies. I, I guess, yeah. I don't know. And many other people. You've helped other people too. Oh other people, yeah, a yeah lot your name has people. come up a lot, Khalil. I, I got to tell you, thank you. This is the first time I I know I'm speaking directly to you, per you know per se. 
but uh, Bob's always spoken very glowingly of you, and, and I know other people that you have uh, really helped, so thank you. My absolute pleasure, and, and thanks to both of you guys for being instrumental in saving my life, and at, uh, at 109 pounds, um, at 33 years old, Oof. as a convicted felon and a high school dropout, uh, I was not feeling any love from anyone and I didn't feel like I had any hope or any future and uh, you know I just jumped off of a I just jumped off of a G5 um, and and was was in a penthouse over the weekend with a friend none of this is mine by the way I want to clarify that but still it's a, you know, it's a to, massive to change it's massive a different change. life but let me tell you yeah. Khalil, I need to spend more time with you <laughs> Khalil so we haven't talked we talked a little bit of tax we started the show off talking about Scott and and I and sober companions and how oh, yeah, yeah. how he was he was kind of the poster child of the new modern goofy treatment, right? Yes, yeah. And to... just and just side and just side note, Dean uh, Dean just left. Dean was just here. Oh, at the store. Yeah, he just walked out. Wow. How's he doing? Is he sad? Uh, he seems okay. Um, I didn't want to bug him because a yeah. bunch of people were talking did to him. You so, uh, you know, did did you, know, you I, cry? Did you cry? A lot of people may be angry, Bob. A lot of people are angry. Yeah. Well, I think they're angry at, at people like us that did, weren't weren't able to help they'll them. A lot of that. Us, they'll be angry at him. Yeah, they'll be yeah. A lot of things because it's 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 so. Emotional. I'm, I'm I'm frustrated and angry too because I, I I just hated what happened to him. Well, so Khalil, well, let's go through it. You were a sober companion, not for him, but for a lot of people. And you came to me and you said, "I don't like this. I don't think this is right." Right? Yeah, it felt it felt pretty icky. <laughs> yeah, it's like what that's can you a, do? That's a good time. That's but a think about this. Term. Think about this. You know me in in a controlled clinical setting. I try not to see addicts alone. I try to have somebody with me. It's too. It's too overwhelming. It's it's too you can't you become part of the disease, at least codependent like me, pretty quickly. And so you can't you can't fight it on your and own. And plus they're paying you. They're yeah. paying you. So right. they're you're you're their s- servant, right? Khalil, what was the what would you say is the main problem with sober companionism? I think I think the main problem is that uh, if you're if you're a drug addict, uh, you you obviously have a whole handful of people that are enabling you. And uh, I think, you know, being, being a sober companion in many cases, not, not all, but in many and I would say most cases that I experienced was doing nothing more than enabling the addict or, or alcoholic, whatever you guys call it. I, I call it alcoholic, but I think you're just ultimately enabling them and allowing them to continue getting exactly what they want, yeah. to do exactly what they want, to manipulate everybody, to call the shots. And if you if you Well that's do that, Scott. That's Scott in a nutshell. Yeah. Well yeah, of course. And, and and let's not forget, you know, the people that were FedExing him and and hand delivering him Suboxone and Subutex over the last decade, uh, decade and a half. I mean, I know, I know the guy personally and I happen to love him because he was instrumental in helping save my life as well. No names mentioned, but you know, if you keep, if you keep giving a heroin addict, uh, a Suboxone and Subutex, what kind of a bottom are they ever really going to reach? Well, that's a good point. Yeah. And it's, so, th- this is the, this is the conundrum for physicians particularly, which is, 
how much risk can you tolerate given that there is a Drew's not as just let me preamble because this is going to shock Khalil Khalil Drew is not as anti-suboxone as he used to be well let me tell you why let me tell you why I I would not allow it I would not run a unit where it was allowed Uh, let's be clear about that I would not allow it because two reasons one I'm, I'm not a fan of it I don't want to treat that kind of patient that's for somebody else to do number one number two Having opiates on a unit makes a unit impossible to run. So then they all want the drugs. You can't. They can't right. concentrate. They can't do anything. They're all thinking about the guy. I only got eight milligrams. Yes. How come he got that? <laughs> so you know how that goes. And, and so, um, but here's the conundrum, and it's a philosophical conundrum. Listen, listen. As a physician, your job is to a do no harm and b save. You know, deal with the priority of saving the life. And how much risk can we as physicians legally take if you know there's something you can give them that will make, may make them chronically ill, which in my opinion, that's what Suboxone does, but saves their lives. But they won't die. Yeah. And that, that's, why it's, that's why it's taking hold. Not only that, and the other thing, Khalil, is there's no money to treat addicts. So all the Obamacare treatment is specifically Suboxone. All of it. And you medi- can't afford and it anyway. mediocre outpatient. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's it's the it's the ultimate band aid uh, as far as triage goes when you're dealing with somebody who's coming in and you know coming in hot and coming in you know sick and freaking yeah. out and I don't want I don't want to be here. Well, no, but I Khalil, I can deal with that. I that, that, listen, Bob. And That's I called phenobarbital. Yeah, Bob and I have <laughs> skills dealing with shit like that. No problem. But see, Khalil ran a rehab for a while. Yeah. And so Suboxone is the only way to sate them as well, they're landing because you don't have the ability or the medical staff to monitor right. clonidine and phenobarbital. That's right. You need a whole big staff to do the way we, we used to do it. You, you have to give yeah, up a lot I, of medical. I, I mean, Suboxone and Subutex and, and the, you know, the old, uh, the, the, we, you know, we were doing the injectable uh, stuff. Buprenorphine. Buprenorphine. But, but, you know, it, it's, sort of, it's sort of a panacea in one sense, but then in another sense, you know, I, I had, well, myself included, but, you know, you, you go in for treatment and you know that they're going to give you meds and you're a junkie. So chances are you've got some issues with honesty. And <laughs> chances are, yeah. And the, and the doctor says, you know, how much were you using? Also, as a junkie and a drug addict, you probably have some issues with exaggerating. And you also know if you're if you're a junkie and a drug addict, you're probably really smart as well. Because yep. it takes some intelligence to, oh, use, yeah. to, to you know to use drugs with any type of of, of uh, success. You got to be pretty crafty and pretty smart. So the doctor says, how much dope were you using, or how much heroin were you using, or whatever? And your your your, your first thought is. I better tell him a lot because this guy's about to medicate. Oh yeah, of course. So yeah. what? So what ends up? So what ends up happening? Like in a case like my friend John, who went through uh, one of these fancy treatment centers out here in Malibu, where, where I was actually working when I had a couple years sober. He told the doctor John was a nickel and top, a nickel and dime user. You know, he was shooting ten dollar bags, twenty dollar bags. He told the doctor he was doing four grams mm. of heroin a day. So and the doctor. And the doctor, who's a really awesome doctor, and, and, and I love him, but they ended up giving him, uh, this may be a little bit of an exaggeration, but honest to God, I think they were giving him like 40, 50, 60 milligrams of Suboxone, Subutex. This guy will tell you to this day, he's 10 years sober now, he'll tell you 
that was the best run he ever had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he I'm... was higher than a kite and almost died in his sleep because he was so medicated. So it's incredibly dangerous, and everyone abuses it. Uh, it prolongs the inevitable. And in my case, when I went to PRC, or when Bob and, and Matt put me in PRC, Passing Recovery Center, I, I knew, I knew for a fact that if, if, if I allow them to medicate me and make me comfortable, it would be a matter of weeks or months before I was back on the dope. So what I said to Dr. Bloom, and he was totally against it, I said, give me nothing. I've got to do this once That's and for all. Well, that, this is what I want to That's ask. That's a guy who surrendered. Yeah, what, what, what you described the state, you were two, two reactions I have. One, do you guys both know that calling somebody a junkie and a liar is under assault? How and calling the word addiction is under assault? Could hurt assault. their feelings. How dare you? It's a you're you're making them you're making them criminals and it adds to their their bad feelings about oh god. Anyway, so that's under assault. Number one. Number two, you 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 gave a great description of the not even the bottom you were at the 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 bottom you were scraping. How did you, given that you were scraping that bottom? How does somebody in that condition find clarity and move forward? Well, I was, I, I was, I was in a state of of surrender versus a Why? state of compliance. Why? Where'd that happen? How'd that happen? Why was I? What, what was that moment? It was a culmination of moments. Of of there was a flat line. There was a, a eleven day stay at the Twin Towers County Jail. So, so you uh, overdosed, a, and you you had a you had a cardiac arrest. You had a actual arrest. Yeah, <laughs> you lost your freedom. <clears throat> Keep going. Yeah. Well, um, also, Khalil, I was there, and your thing of being thirty three, you kept repeating it for every day for weeks. Somehow, that number made it seem like, what am I doing when I'm yeah. thirty three? What's happened to my life? Okay, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. And well, I, I mean that that comes down to sheer stupidity. You, if, <laughs> if you remember, no, no, seriously, because if you also remember, I was a musician and I made music, and I assumed or hoped and prayed or tried to kill myself by the time I was twenty-seven. And if you wind up thirty-three, <laughs> still trying to die, still trying to die at twenty-seven, you got things a little bit messed up. So you got numbers back a little bit. So let's talk about now. Here's the thing. Years and years sober, you have a book out, right? You have a I do thriving... have a book out. I have a book, a, a book that just came available on Amazon What's it uh, called? two days ago. Two days ago called I Forgot to Die. Okay, I gotta put that on my website. It's a good one. I forgot to it's die. It's a good Somebody's one. Somebody's gonna help me with and that. And it's got his PRC admission picture on the cover of the book. Oh my god. Crazy. It's so awesome. So and then now but 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 let's talk about now. He is the guy that people turn to about nutrition, health, and wellness. He's Rick, Ruben, Anthony, everybody out there goes to Khalil and says, what do I do? I need to do this. I, I have that. I've watched it. He's like a nutritionist doctor inside his health food store in Malibu. And nice. it works. It worked for me. Well, turmeric. Tell us about turmeric, well, Jew. good stuff. What, yeah. what does it do? You know, it makes you feel younger. Yeah, turmeric is, in my experience, and I'm definitely not a doctor by any stretch of the imagination, but turmeric for me um, is is sort of, 
you know, sort of like the Suboxone of, of the juice world. <laughs> it is, it really is, it really is a panacea. It reduces inflammation. It's a mood elevator. It, it helps with digestion. It just makes you feel incredible. Anytime you take down your inflammation, your body, your organs, everything is, is, is functioning. Especially at, when at you're a, old. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're old. So, well, yeah, we got a lot of aches and pains and creaks from what we did to our bodies, and so you take turmeric and ginger and some raw honey and some, and some you know, cayenne and black pepper, and you mix it all together in a drink. <laughs> and you got, Drew, Drew's going to comment. I'm seeing it on his face. Come on. No, no comment. It's all good. It can't hurt you, know, you for I'm sure. I'm telling you, Drew, it, it makes you feel incredible. Well, what I, what I, I was going to comment on. What are, he's going to comment. What, what I was going to comment on was the aging process. And you don't have to do yeah. stuff to yourself to have inflammation and aches and pains. There's a natural aging process. That so isn't it good to yeah? Couldn't I, yeah? Swelling? Listen, eating real foods is all good, but what is inflammation in an aging body is a complicated phenomenon. It's not just your joints, certainly. It's my lower back because I well, broke my back. Mm-hmm. Well, I, eating I healthier. Feeling, no, I, let's. I, we're going to get into it, Khalil. Eating healthier has made me feel good. You've lost some better. weight and stuff too. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. That helps your back. But, oh, but, wait a minute, Khalil. But, it's only about losing weight that helps your back. But here's the deal. Hold on a second. Well, blood flow to your blood. I believe in this stuff about improving the blood supply of the back. And here's the thing. that The real issue of inflammation is in the lining of arteries. It's, a, it's an organ system called the endothelium. And the endothelium is an extremely complicated physiology. And so, yes. As you age, what happens to that system? That there is a complex relationship between cholesterol metabolism chylomicrons, medial and endothelial lining of arteries, and how the so immune system... So your blood is not circulating as well. ...affects the arteries. So the arteries slowly can break down. They can have cytokines and activation of certain immune factors that can affect, again... Yeah, I had that, and then I started doing what Khalil told me to, and now I feel better. Well, the weird thing is... <laughs> the, the weird thing is the inflammation... That, why don't we just take anti-inflammatories then? Because it's I mean, cooler to go to Khalil's. <laughs> you can, I mean, you can take medication, but in my, in my no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's not well, a good idea. Plus, it'll kill your kidneys and give you ulcers and all kinds of other good stuff. So yeah, it's just a, it's a bunch of chemicals. Yeah. So you know, so so what well, so, I found so is turmeric. So turmeric's a bunch of chemical too. That's why it, it only works if it's a bunch of chemicals because we're all just a bag of chemicals. That's all we are. Yeah. Man-made I, versus I would, nature. I, I would prefer to just eat some root that's grown in the ground that makes me feel better. And I would too. A, you know, I'm whether, with you. I don't disagree a, with you. I don't disagree. I'm with whether you, yeah. whether it's a placebo effect or whether it's a real there effect, is a placebo I mean, I, effect, and let's not let's not shortchange the fact that you're such a loving environment at Sun Life, and everybody's so energetic and positive and 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 happy and doing positive things that it, it has a placebo effect on your mood as you enter in there. And then when you see Anthony Hopkins, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot, I cannot confirm or deny whether I know, in my but you box. know what? I've seen a hundred celebrities in your store and that's the only one I was impressed by. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, and I, and I'm very, very grateful to be in the position that I've been. And it saddens me that, you know, that, that we had to start out by talking about a guy who was, who was so talented and so awesome that just sort of fell through the cracks in terms of recovery, mostly because he had the ability 
to with, with the money and fame that he had, he had the, the ability to, to duck and weave and bob and, and avoid the actual process of getting better. But here's the and, thing. But but Khalil, it's so random. And that's what I text you the night it happened. It's so random because we do know people the same as Scott who have gotten sober. And so oh why God. is it yeah. some people, no matter no matter what category, economics, fame, uh, socioeconomic education, yeah. I can give you an example of somebody that died that had that, that yeah. was at that, that was ex- pretty much like that, yeah. and somebody who got sober and thrived. I and know. it makes no sense. I know, I know. That's why I always dig into it. I, what is the, how, does that, how do you turn it around? What's that moment of clarity? Can we ever box that for somebody? And I think it I think it's a chain. I think it's a chain from from uh, some people just say it's they'll just say it's some spiritual something. Yeah, I think. it. But what about that? It's a chain from from uh, from here's a strange chain. If you really want it from Timmons to Anthony to me to Khalil, that's the chain that just of that love and that effect of other people and being active and involved well, in I service totally agree to each other completely agree that it is about others that's the recovery process that some sort of weird connection to somebody gives you the moment of clarity that you can start to help yourself and i don't know exactly what that is but i've had many people describe a new pair of glasses yeah something something that lets them uh, have some perception and it's usually something about another person i choose to call it love well, my friend not now now that i don't work in the world of recovery and i don't have to worry you about criticize you know, it like crazy yeah. <laughs> well no i i don't have to yeah i don't have to worry about risking my reputation i think i think what it really comes down to is unconditional love yeah it, it, really it is but you have to listen have a boundary the, you have the, to have the, a boundary the tv show the nick love. the nick just portrayed something like that they did they had a woman. Do you watch the Nick, Khalil, that TV show? The Steven Soderbergh? I, Drew's, no, Drew's obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm, Drew's I'm, obsessed with I'm it. I'm obsessed with it. But, they, but the guy, the lead doctor, the famous doctor, is a heroin cocaine addict. He gets sober because of a relationship with this special woman who had syphilis and her nose is all eroded off and stuff. But she had a certain quality that, frankly, I recognized. It, it was like, oh, they're doing this right. And the now sober, whatever, addict is trying to help alcoholics. He's just trying to figure it out. He's cutting parts of their brains out. He's doing all this crazy oh, shit. Yeah. And, he, and he starts thinking about something called the talking cure that they're studying in Germany. And, uh, and the, the, the Freud, one, one alcoholic, right? he becomes that. One alcoholic goes, uh, well, how do you stay sober? And he goes, well, I have this relationship with this woman. He goes, can I talk to her? And he goes, yeah. And he talks to her and you know they portray that phenomena but listen guys we got to wrap this up khalil uh, i so appreciate you being here and then god bless you you're I'm, the king khalil keep, keep thriving my friend it's so great the to hear mayor you mayor of point doom i'm gonna i'm gonna text bob uh, a link or however you can buy i forgot to die on amazon i'm gonna text it to him uh dr drew and if there's any way you could help spread the word because it really is a story of hope while while we anything. while we were sitting here i uh tech i put a send an email out to my web people to put it up on my website so wow oh, you're you're awesome man thank you for right. helping it's got the me greatest no cover of any me. book ever i can't wait to see it <laughs> thank you and, and bob you're in the book so i credit you with saving my life so you better promote me i hope it, <laughs> i hope it doesn't talk about well i hope it doesn't talk about that transvestite i was with in cleveland like anthony's book oh does. my god it, that's hysterical it doesn't it doesn't i love you both <laughs> all right i love, buddy. I love you see you, you later so what you do all right cool. take care we'll Thanks, see you soon bye 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 uh okay so this is a little teaser 
the next episode, we will discuss that transvestite in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> so we will do that. Uh, this uh, that that is indeed this life. Uh, she, was, this, she was transgender. Uh, whatever. We'll 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 transsexual, transgender. We'll sort well, it I all out. I want to say the right thing so I don't I, get attacked. No, I know. We're gonna. That's what I want to <laughs> sort out is who this actually was and what was the deal and how you felt about it. But uh, th- this 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 life has been more a little Bob's life this week. So and uh, that that in the heels of a lot of heavy stuff. And I kind of feel relief, frankly, because I was feeling pretty bad coming into this. The but there's a lot cure, more material. Yeah, yeah, cure. yeah, yeah. A lot more material to cover. So we'll see you next time. Both, yeah.